on January 2nd, I spoke on look. And um, a couple weeks after that, I spoke on listen. And we talked about uh, Daniel and how Daniel had to pray and listen to the Lord to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream and how he had basically there was five things that that led him um, into into knowing what to do and 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 you know one of those was uh, you know desperation because he he needed the Lord and one of those was cooperation he prayed with the uh, three Hebrew boys and he prayed in in the communication in communication he communi- communicated what he needs needed to from the Lord to the king but also to us today and he he also had expectation in his heart, and, and the first thing that he did was he separated himself away from the world. He was in Babylon, but he had separated his life, and he was living a holy and a righteous life and not eating of the king's meat and drinking the king's wine and, um, and living a life that was set apart. Everyone say set apart. And uh, so anyways, I, I spoke on look, listen, and today I want to speak to you on, on learn. Everyone say learn, learn, and um, I believe that God has a very profound word. So I, I pray that you would open your hearts today and, and, and just ask the Lord uh, to just open your minds and hearts. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, verse 13 through 21 is where we're going to be today. And how many are thankful for the Word of God? I'm thankful for the Word of God. Um, So when you have it, say, I got it. If you don't have it, look on the screen. You'll have it right there. And it says this, and he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Everyone say, learn. Are your hearts hardened? Verse 18, it says, Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Look at this, verse 19. And when I broke the five loaves uh, uh, for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Mark uh, 1820 says, and the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, verse 21, and he said to them, do you not yet understand? Stand. So I want to talk to you today on on this and and just to kind of and I didn't intentionally do this. The Holy Spirit just led me. How many know the Holy Spirit's much better at pulling things together than a man? And He kind of led this all together. Uh, I, I you know I spoke on look and Jesus in verse eighteen. He said, "Having eyes, do you not see? And then listen." And He says, "Having ears, do you not hear?" And then he says, and do you not 
remember. So I want to speak to you on learn. Everyone say learn. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray, Lord, that you open our hearts today. Lord, that you would open our minds today. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just begin to speak to us. Lord, we're not here going through the motions. We're not here just to see people. We're not here just to uh, hear another message. But, Lord, we're here to learn of you, Lord, so we can grow in you in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that this word would go forth, Lord, that I would get out of the way. Lord, that you would communicate your word through me, God, and, and just let, let everyone see Jesus through me today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. How many remember uh, way back when you were in school? <clears throat> All the kids in the building are like yesterday or, or Friday or whatever. Um, how many adults in here remember back at school? Can many of you remember remember back in school? Some of you went to school with Moses. So um, I'm joking. That's just a joke. It's just a joke, okay? Uh, have you ever been in a uh, – it was funny because I was talking to my kids last night. Have you ever been in a situation or a classroom or maybe a college lecture hall and or maybe maybe a meeting in church? I, I don't know, service. And you were looking at um, someone that was teaching and those – uh, around you that were listening, and everybody is um, nodding their head and really understanding what the teacher or the college professor is teaching, and you are totally lost. Anybody ever been there? So the teacher's just just kind of going, and everyone just seems so engaged, and they're watching, and you're just kind of looking around, going. And you're nodding your head too like you get it. And, and what I've come to find out, you fall into one of two camps uh, when this happens in your life. And I asked my kids about this. And I said, which camp are you in? And um, there's, there's two things that you can do. You can nod your head and act like that you know what the teacher's talking about, right? Some of you are doing that right now with me. Or <clears throat> you can go... I have a question. I, I, need, I need you to explain this to me because I'm not quite understanding what you're saying. I need you to break this down. Pull it down to fifth grade and then I'll get it. Right? And, and, and you, you fall. And I asked my kids this. You want to guess which camp both my kids fell into? Wyatt, he said, and I can pick on my kids. They're my greatest uh, asset to telling sermon stories because they give me so much stuff. Wyatt said, Dad, you know what I did? Or you know what I do? Is I just sit there and nod my head like I know what I'm talking about. He said, then I get out of class and then I look at one of my classmates and said, do you understand what they were talking about? Can you explain that to me? And then I asked Zaley, I said, Zaley, what, what do you do? And Zaley says, I was kind of that annoying student. I lift my hand because I need to know what's going on, right? And how many times in our lives, in our Christian lives, do we just nod our head like we know what's going on when we truly don't even understand? We have saw the Lord, we look, we see him, and then we hear the Lord, or we hear the word of the Lord, but do we truly understand? Do we truly understand? And um, it's amazing to me, the, the key here is to learn, right? When you're in school, the key is to learn, not just pass to graduate. It's actually to learn something so you could fall back on, so you have this information. Um, Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus says this, learn of me. 
learn from me or learn of me. And, and he's giving this to detail. And, and I can't help but think as believers, sometimes we miss the mark on learning from the Lord. Sure, we see the Lord, we look to the Lord. Sure, we hear his word, we listen to his word, but have we truly learned? And I think there's, this, is, this is a great uh, story here. Um, at, and as the people of God, we have to be learning. And the first, uh, the, you know, at the beginning of the year, I spoke on look, and then I spoke on listen. And the Lord just started turning in my heart. He said, you know, it's, it's good to look to the Lord. And, and we do. We look to the Lord. We, we look to, and that when I spoke on look, we look to the past. We thank the Lord. We give him thanksgiving. And we look to the present. We figure out a way to serve. And we look in expectation of, his, of, of him coming again. And those, those, are, those are all great things. But, you know, there's, there's the next step. There's listening to the Lord, right? You have to be able to hear from the Lord, right? And some of us need to get a little bit more engaged in our prayer life. Amen? Amen. I don't think any of us have arrived there. Matter of fact, that gives a good plug for me. Tonight, we, uh, this, tomorrow is the last day of our 21-day fast. Tonight, here at the church, from 6 to 8, if you aren't doing anything, even if you are, make time, come here, and, and we're just going to pray corporately as a group. It's not going to be anything. You're not going to have to come up here. You're not going to have to say anything. We're just going to pray as a group. We're going to pray that God would continue to move and, and do what he does, so, so we'll keep walking in the right steps that he wants us to walk in as a church. Amen? So, so anyway, so I, I believe that the Lord is nudging us and he is pushing us, and sometimes we're a little short-sighted. Ever, anyone ever been a little short-sighted? Anybody ever miss it a little bit? Um, and so this story here is interesting to me because Jesus, let me give you this, uh, let me set this up for you. Jesus has just fed the 4,000. Now he fed the 5,000 on one side of the Sea of Galilee, and then he goes to another side of the Sea of Galilee and De- Decapolis, and he feeds 4,000 people there. So, so the disciples have seen Jesus feed the multitude not once but two times. That's a pretty amazing thing. To see, right? God, uh, the, Jesus turned five five loaves and two fishes into being able to feed five thousand, and then having twelve baskets left over. That's pretty amazing. That tells me this: that when God does something, He does not just enough; He does more than enough. Amen. And so I love that. So, so here they are. They're they're coming off of this. If you read. Earlier in this chapter, you'll see that Jesus feeds the 4,000, which is uh, when he feeds the 5,000, he's actually feeding people, uh, Jews, and, and people that were on that side. And then when he goes to Decapolis, he's actually feeding the Gentiles, which is an interesting thing anyways. That tells us that Jesus both loves the Jew and the Gentile. How many are grateful for that? All right, now that was unknown of back then, you know, people, because they said, oh, man, the Jews ought not be hanging out with the Gentiles. But that, Jesus was showing us something there and modeling something. But Jesus, there he is, and he feeds the, the 4,000. And right before he leaves there, he is there, and the Pharisees come to him. And the Pharisees, you know what they say to him? They say, Jesus, we need you to do one more miracle. We need to see a sign from you. And Jesus is like, what did you just see? Did you just miss the fact that I just fed 4,000? And they are after him, and they're saying that, and Jesus is like, I'm not going to give you another sign until I resurrect. That's the next thing that's going to happen. He, he gets a little bit aggravated. Have you ever been a little bit aggravated at somebody? 
Husbands, don't be poking your wife. Wives, don't be poking your husbands. Brothers, don't be poking your sisters. Right? And, 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 and so Jesus, he's just a little bit aggravated out of this. And when he gets on the boat here with his disciples, something interesting happens. And then he has this discussion. I want to talk about three discussions that he has. And I just want to share something with you. And I'm, I'm not going to keep you very long. Number one is this, the discussion of on bread. When's the last time you had a discussion on bread? Some of you bakers are like, Friday, right? Um, had a discussion on bread. And, and so Jesus, so here he is. Jesus and the disciples are both talking about bread, but they're on two different wavelengths. Anybody ever been there? All right? Any husbands and wives ever been on two different wavelengths? You're both talking about bread, but you're both talking about two different things about bread. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. You ever had a discussion on the same subject but had two opposite sides? Well, this is what's happening in this story in Mark. In, in, in uh, verse 14 it says, now they had forgotten to bring bread. Now, who had forgotten? The disciples. Now, how much bread did they have left over after feeding the 4,000? Seven baskets, guess what they forgot? So they find themselves with one loaf of bread. And, and, and so uh, now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they, only, uh, they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, watch out. Okay, so Jesus is about to, he's talking about bread here too. Watch out, be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. So Jesus is talking about bread here, but the disciples are also talking about bread, and they're talking about two different things here, okay? And it's real easy to miss. So, so Jesus, he's talking about leaven. So what is leaven? Or, or we would know it in modern day as yeast. And, and it is an agent used in baking which produces gas and creates space in dough to make a loaf of bread. You know what you get when you make bread without yeast? Flatbread, pizza crust, dense, right? And so that's what, that is exactly what leaven does. It, it begins to puff up, and leaven is, is not looked at as a good thing in Scripture. When you talk about leaven in Scripture, it's not a good thing. It is a corrupting agent. It is, it is fitting, it refers to sin, and leaven can really be compared to this. Pride, because you know what puffs us up? Pride. The thing about bread, this is interesting, you pay a lot of money for a lot of air in a loaf of bread. It's true. You do. You really do. And, and, and the, thing, the same thing goes for us. When we have pride, we begin to puff up. So Jesus talking about leaven, he is kind of alluding to this, and, and, and pride makes us bigger than we really are, right? We throw our chest out, I'm better than, than you, or, or this, or whatever. And leaven, and, and, and leaven is, is definitely not looked at good. Look at this, Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before what? Destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So Jesus just have being asked 
to perform a narrow, another miracle by the Pharisees is, is a little bit upset with the Pharisees at this point. He's, he's, he, Jesus was very long-suffering, but at this point, he's just a little bit aggravated, and here's a teaching moment that he has with his disciples. Now, let me explain something about the disciples. They are the A team. They are the varsity team with Jesus because they spent three years underneath his ministry, three and a half years underneath his ministry working with him. And most of us would love to just have a week under Jesus' ministry. And it's amazing to me that these guys who saw the miracles that Jesus performed, that heard Jesus' teaching, still in their heart were struggling with some of the things that he was trying to teach. It sounds a lot like us. And so Jesus, in this particular scripture, he, he, he calls out two Two groups, and then one in Matthew, which is the same parallel story here, he, he speaks of another. And, and this is what we need to know, that leaven or yeast is a corrupting agent. It's sin. The wages of sin is what? Death. So look at this. Jesus, the first group that Jesus calls out is Pharisees. So Pharisees, you know, there's this group uh, in the Bible, and it seems like that Jesus was always picking on the Pharisees. He's picking on the religious because the people that knew it all, right? And the, and the Pharisees, there were many of them, and they, they followed the law to the T, and they were about rules and regulations, and you could only take so many steps on the Sabbath, and you could only do so many things, and you couldn't heal people on the Sabbath. And Jesus flipped their whole world upside down. It was about legalism, rules, and following festivals, and doing all these things. And it was, I do these things, and I, you don't, so I'm better than you. So it's pride. In Luke chapter 18, there's a beautiful story. Verse 11 says, the Pharisee standing by himself, he's praying. Jesus told this story. God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. I want you to count all the eyes in that statement. I, 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 I. If your prayer has I, 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 I in it, you need to rethink how you're praying. And, you know, me, 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 me. And, the, and, and, and then the flip side of that, the tax collector, he's over there, and he's just beating his chest. And he's saying, God, be merciful on a sinner like me. And I don't know about you, tax collectors in those days, they were not well liked. Probably much like today. But here's this tax collector sitting there in the temple, and he's beating his chest saying, God, have mercy on a sinner like me and I love Jesus' response. Jesus says in Luke chapter 18, verse 14, I tell you, the, the, this man went down to his house justified. Talking about the, the tax collector, talking about the publican, uh, rather than, than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be, but the one who, what, humbles himself will be. Oh, it's the great reversal. That's what I love about Jesus. So the first group that Jesus is talking about is, is the Pharisees because they, they, they majored in legalism. I'm better than you. You can't keep these things. I keep these things, so I am better than you. So that is the first leaven that he talks about. Here's the second one that he talks about, the leaven of Herod. Everyone say the leaven of Herod. And, and this is this. This is, this is political opportunism or, or, or uh, uh Herodians were trying to bring forth a righteous revolution through politics. Uh-oh. 
Oh, it was good till you went that way, Pastor. Everything was good till you said that right there. And, and that was the philosophy that, that, that and, and the, this is what this group of people, they, they believed. They saw King Herod, who the Romans had put over them, and they thought, if, if we just re- talk to King Herod, if we get behind him, he will be the force that will bring back the kingdom, and we'll stand up against the Romans, and Israel will be a nation again. But here's the thing. Here's the, here's the, here's the problem. They were beginning to worship Politicians. I believe, now listen to me, I believe that God uses people. I believe that God ordains people to be in specific places at certain times. But can I tell you something? There is not a politician in this nation that I will put my faith in over Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? I don't care if you're on the left or on the right. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Like it, don't like it, that's just how, that's just how the cow ate the cud right there. You didn't know I was country like that, did you? Here's the thing. I, I, I believe you should vote, and I, I believe you should vote on, on the candidate that has uh, biblical standards. And I know that that's harder and harder and harder to do as a believer, right, who will stand against injustices. There are certain things that we, we have to stand for, that we have to stand for those who can't, who can't speak for themselves. And we have to do what is right, and we have to do what is true according to the word of God. Not a political platform, but the word of God. So that's why we should pray for our leaders. Woo! Every day, pray for them. So much that the Holy Spirit will move on their hearts and begin to speak to them and, 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 and just convict them and where they'll lead with conviction from the Lord. Amen? I believe, whew, I believe that if we were to stand up as a church and begin to pray for our political leaders, that God could change the dynamic of our political system. Amen? Now, listen, I believe that Christians, I think more Christians need to run for office locally, uh, in the county, in the state, in the nation, from all. And I believe God uses certain people. But let me tell you something. You put your trust in Jesus Christ, not in a man, not in a woman, not in a politician. So Jesus is talking about this. This is the, the leaven that, that it, the, that's getting into the, to the bread here. It is creating an issue here, okay? So, and our only hope is Jesus Christ, amen? So here's the last group that Jesus is talking about. And, and he alludes to this group in Matthew chapter 16, verse 12, speaks of them. And it's the Sadducees. And here's the thing. The Sadducees, unlike the Pharisees, they're two different groups. They have two different viewpoints. They have a very liberal theology. They are very loose. They're... They are they're hypocritical, and, and they believe that the, uh, the Pharisees believe that the Torah could, could be read, and, and they could speak it, and they could pass it down by speaking it. Well, the Sadducees, they didn't believe that. They believed the Torah could only be read, and they didn't believe it couldn't be passed along orally through translation. And, and they didn't believe in the afterlife, and they, they were the only group of, they were basically a group of rich guys who said, hey, none of you guys are good enough to be like us. Does that sound like pride? They were sad, you see, right, as the old joke goes. So Jesus, he talks about these three things of leaven right here, and, and these are things that can creep into our hearts and creep into our soul if we're not careful. So Jesus, 
he's, 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 he's uh, uh, talking about leaven, and, and, and he's teaching on this bread. And, and if we're not careful, these things, and here's the thing about all these things. They come in really subtly, and they happen really fast. It's, you know, Scripture even says in Galatians, you know, it only takes a little bit of leaven to ruin the whole thing, right, or to make the whole thing, you know, blow up. And so it's just, but here's the thing. It's subtle. It comes in. Subtle sin left unchecked will cause pride to puff up. All right, do you hear what I'm saying today? This is, this is amazing. So Jesus, here he is. He's trying to share with his disciples, and they are arguing over a loaf of bread and whose fault it is that they only have one loaf of bread. It's kind of like the kids in the back of the car arguing over who spilt the Coke. Right? It's, I mean, literally. And there they are. And they're focused on the physical thing and their need for that moment. And Jesus is trying to unload something super spiritual here and something that would be very practical and that would go on. And, and they are focused on their need in the moment. And I can't help but think that as believers, sometimes we're so focused on our physical need, our current situation, that we miss something that Jesus is trying to speak through us. And they're worried about who gets to eat the bread. And, 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 and the key is the bread of life is right there in front of them. This is amazing to me. This is amazing. And they're worried about going hungry and Jehovah Jireh sitting there in the boat with them. Amen? They're arguing over a resource and the source is in the boat. So here's the second thing. Jesus has another discussion. So they're talking about bread. They're on two different sides here. They're talking about physical bread. Jesus is talking about uh, a spiritual bread. And then and, and, and how sin can creep in and how pride can creep in. And then Jesus has a second discussion, which is the discussion of the heart and hearts, okay? Look at this. Verse 16 says, and they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. Oh, well, that's always helpful, right? Other translations said, they reasoned among themselves. Now, there's a problem. This is my tendency. This is our tendency. When something is in, phys in the physical realm and we want to try to work it out, we start to reason within ourselves. We call our friends who have the same kind of ideology as us. We talk to them and we ask them to help reason with us so we can kind of feel better about ourselves. And so here are the disciples and they begin to reason amongst themselves. This is why we don't have bread. It's your fault, James. You should have got bread. No, it's your fault, John. No, it's your fault, Peter. You were the last one. You should have grabbed it. And so they're arguing and they're reasoning among themselves. You ought to be careful when you're trying to reason things among yourselves. And they're looking at the need. They're discussing the need instead of looking at Jesus had just fed 4,000 people. Just fed 4,000 thousand people and they've got they're arguing over a loaf of bread Whew. I can't help but think that as the people of God that's us sometimes God's done the miraculous we saw it we heard it and here we are and we still haven't learned and we're arguing over a loaf of bread and God's got I've got loaves and loaves and loaves of loaves of bread for you all you need to do is trust me 
This is amazing to me. So, and, and, and I love this. Keep Jesus the main thing, and the little things will be okay. That's it. Look at this. Luke chapter 12, verse 29 says, and do not be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. That's what Jesus says. Some of you are like, oh, I don't like that verse. Well, I'm going to start quoting that verse every time me and my wife are looking for a restaurant to eat. What do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? And don't be concerned about what to eat or what to drink. Don't worry about such things. Then my wife will slap me. And Jesus, he's had enough. And he's, he's like me asking my wife where we should eat. He's had enough. I'm pulling into the next restaurant. I don't care what it is. And have burritos at the gas station. And he hits his disciples with eight questions. Eight questions here. I love this. Eight questions. And, and, and Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Why are you worried about that? Do you not perceive or understand? Have you not learned? Do you not, have, you, have you not learned? Are your hearts hardened? Why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus throw that in there? Because their hearts were actually hardened at that moment. I don't think he would just throw that out there. I think he threw that out there because they were not seeing it. And a hardened heart is something, that it just, it's like a calloused thing. It, it can't, be, can't be pierced. It can't be Move through, and so God is speaking there, and Jesus is saying, Are your hearts hardened? And here's some reasons why their hearts were hardened. Here's number one, right here focus on the wrong things. And I can't help but as believers, I'm gonna ask the worship team to come back up. They were focused on the wrong thing, and this is what happens to me and you. Listen, listen how many have seen miracles in your life? How many have seen people healed? How many have seen God do amazing things with your eyes? How many have heard the word of God your whole life? How many have grown up in church? Maybe your grandma. How many know, have heard and listened? We are good at looking. We are good at listening. But where we struggle and where we fail, just like the disciples, we fail to learn. It's amazing to me. And they were focused. They focused on the wrong things. They were focused on the physical things, not Spiritual things. Jesus is trying to unload a truth to them, talking about bread. Hey, I'm going to tell you, the, the leaven in the bread is the Pharisees and, 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 and the love for Herod. And he's talking about those things. And they're focused on, we've only got one loaf of bread to eat. That's their concern. And they were focused on their need at that moment. We got one loaf of bread for all of us. How are we going to eat it? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. They're focusing on the resource and not the source. And I don't know about you. I mean, God has just been, been he has just been rolling this over in my heart over the last little bit. And I think sometimes as believers, we're so focused on the resource that we miss the source. The source is everything. And everything comes from the source. And Jesus is the source. And there's only one source. So, hey, yeah, you know what? The Lord gave you your job, so he is the source of your job. The Lord gave you your breath, so he is the source of your breath. The Lord gave you your life, so he is the source of your life. 
The Lord gave you your health, so he is the source of your health. Listen, listen. Philippians 4.19 says this, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Some of us are so focused on the resource that we've taken our eyes off the source. Just like the disciples here. I don't think they intended to do this, but they're human. Guess what? So are you. So am I. Sometimes I'm overwhelmed by what I see and I'm looking at the resource and God has to remind me, hey, I give those resources. They come from me. Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than, than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Everything outside of Jesus is a resource. So stop looking at the resource like it's a source. Start looking at the bread in your hand and look up at him. Their focus was on the bread, not on the bread of life. So look at this. Here's the second thing. Second thing. They were focused on the wrong things, and here's the, here's the, here's the flip side. They forgot the right things. Now, this is, this is where it's all coming together right here. They forgot the right things. First off, Jesus is trying to teach them of the kingdom of God, and he's trying to teach them that, hey, it's not going to come the way that you guys think it is. It's not coming through a religious group or, or section, but it, and it's not coming through political power, but it's going to come through the humility and the heart of Jesus Christ. That's how it's coming. That's what he's trying to explain to them right there. And he's saying those things are corruptible. And when the leaven gets into the bread, guess what? Man, and, and, and then our pride puffs up. And so he is, he's just dealing with a tough issue there. And they are missing it because they're just worried about what to eat. And these guys have learned nothing. And Jesus, just two separate occasions earlier, one to the tune of 5,000 people and one to the tune of 4,000 people had just fed 9,000 people. Do you think feeding 12 people on a boat with one loaf of bread is going to challenge him? But how quick they forgot. They got on a boat right after the miracle and started arguing over food. Not to mention this. Peter had been given a huge haul of fish when he was called. The Lord told him to cast his nets to the opposite side, and he cast his nets to the opposite side. And you know who was there to help him pull those fish in? His brother Andrew and James and John. And they, they showed up to help him pull them. So they had saw the miraculous work of Jesus already. They knew that he was the source. But here's the problem. When I look back over my life and what God has done for me, sometimes I forget how good he's been to me and that how good of a source he is. And the reason we forget, and you've heard me say this, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, but I believe that God's, I, I believe God's speaking this to our body right now. I think the reason we forget is we aren't grateful and we aren't thankful. So, oh, I'm, I'm grateful. I, I thank the Lord. But the reason we forget that God's blessing is because we don't give him thanks. Because when I begin to thank the Lord, when I begin to count my blessings, I talked about that a little bit on, on Wednesday night. When I count the blessings of God over my life, I, I, I start to name them up. I realize that God has been so, 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 so 
good to me. First Chronicles 29, 13 says, and now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. Hebrews 13, 15 says, through him, uh, uh, then let us continually offer up sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. Psalms 28, 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise him. Psalms 56, 4 says, in God." Uh, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Look at this, verse, uh, Psalm 69, 30. I will praise the name of the Lord God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Now, here's the thing. We know the verses. We've seen it. We've seen God's miracle. We've heard it. We listen. But have we learned it? Have we learned it? Are we missing something? Are we missing something because we're focused on the temporal and not the eternal? Look at this. Uh, verse, verse 19 says, when I broke the five loaves for the, the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you, did you take up? They said to him, what, 12. And then the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand. I am the God that can do anything abundantly above what you ask. I can't help but think, and I have to put myself in this same category. How many of us have seen miracles and heard preaching for years? Maybe we still haven't learned it. So here's the last thing I, I want to talk about. It's the discussion on, on learning, and I'm going to be really fast here. Matthew Chapter 11, verse 29, or 28 and 29 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. These are Jesus' words. Look at this. Take my yoke upon you, and, and what? And what? I for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Will you bow your heads with me all across this building? I know this was a different word, but I can't help but think that the Lord is challenging us and, and pushing us to a, a new level. God, I've seen the miracles. Lord, I, I'm like the disciples. I, I've seen the miracles, Lord. I've, I've, I've heard your word. But, Lord, there's probably areas in my life that I have not fully learned what you're speaking to me. I don't want to pick on the disciples today, but we can learn from their mistakes. Amen. Jesus doesn't work in a prideful heart, but but he works with a humble heart and a lowly heart. And he says, learn from me and I will give you rest. Some of you are tired. Some of you are weary. And God's saying, come to me. Come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Maybe you're here and you fall into the trap like the disciples. You 
focused on the things that are not important. I'm going to give you a moment here just to evaluate your heart. I'm going to just take a moment here and just say, Lord, search me right now. God, is there areas in my life that I know your word, I've listened to it. God, I've seen you move, I've seen you do a lot of things, but Lord, are there areas in my life that I have maybe just not learned? Maybe you're here and you've seen God's power and you know God's word. And he would say, learn. Learn from me. Learn from me. If you're here today with your, your heads bowed and eyes closed, give, it, give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord today. This is an honest evaluation of yourself and no one in here is going to judge you. It's between you and God. Say, hey, pastor. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. And if you're here, under the sound of my voice, say, that's me. Would you just, would you just lift your hand? I want to pray with you today. Anybody in the building? No one looking around. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on. We're going to tarry just a moment. Why do, why do we wait? Well, we're just going to wait on the Lord. I believe God's going to do work. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Thank you. Hands going up. Pray with me, if you will, over these hands that were raised. Lord, Heavenly Father. God, will you stir hearts today, Lord? Will you, will you stir the hearts of people? God, those who raise their hand in faith saying, hey, I, I, I know the word. I've seen God do things, but I, I need to learn. I need to learn. I... The disciples who followed Jesus even failed at this. So, so I, I think that we're, we're capable of falling and missing this in, in moments. Maybe we've let the leaven of, of, of Pharisee spirit or Sadducee spirit or come into us. Pride has puffed us up. Maybe we're the people of God. And, 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 and you know, we know, we know the word better than anybody. But maybe we've allowed pride to puff us up. We've looked at people and said, I, I'm better than them. You ought to ask God to forgive you for that. You ought to ask God to forgive you of that. We worship you. Come on, will you, will you just stand all across this building with me?